Better Call Paul is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. Hey, everyone. This is Paul Sarker from Better Call Paul. Just wanted to remind you that the show is intended for entertainment purposes only and is not legal advice. I am not your lawyer unless we separately agree for me to represent you. And the views expressed by Mesh and me are solely our own. Hey everyone, welcome back to Better Call Paul, the show where we discuss the legal and business side behind the scenes of Hollywood. I'm your co-host, Paul Sarker, former Marvel lawyer and current big law media attorney. Happy 4th of July, everyone. And I'm your other co-host, Mesh Lakani. What am I, Paul, these days? Well, I'm still a pop culture enthusiast, founder of Lola Media, hanging out, still abroad right now. I'm in Pakistan right now. I go to Beirut next week. Mesh, you're traveling, I'm traveling, everyone's traveling. Speaking of traveling, actually, Liv, the Saudi-backed golf tour we discussed in last week's episode, had their first tournament on U.S. soil this week at Pumpkin Ridge Golf Course outside Portland, Oregon. And actually, Brendan Grace won. He's a South African. He got first place, so he won about $4 million. In addition, he won another $375 million as part of the team competition. If you add that $4.375 million to what he won last week, which was $2 million in London, he's won close to $6.5 million in two weeks on the Live Tour, which actually, if you're counting at home, that doubles his highest single-season earnings in any season of the PGA Tour. In 2016, he won $2.9 million. Really good two weeks for him. Can't argue with that. Although, you know, there are questions about the source of the money and all the human rights abuses in Saudi Arabia. We're not getting into that. We're just saying from a purely economic perspective, he seems to be doing really well. What a week. I mean, this guy's having just as good of a week than Tom Cruise, who surpassed a billion dollars global box office. I would put them uh, neck and neck for who's having the better week. I know. It's just a it's a weird thing with the money that the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund can provide to these golfers. It's not really comparable to what the PGA can do right now. And so we'll see. No. But I guess you can't really hate on the guy making double his highest annual season in two weeks. You know, that's... Good for him. If I'm like a good golfer, if like I know that I'm just as good as him and I'm in the PGA Tour and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should just make a run at this and try to make like as much money as possible in the next 12 months. It's not a bad idea. And then maybe figure out how to get back into the PGA Tour. If it was me, that would be in some version of a strategy. Yeah, it's possible. I mean, we don't know if the PGA Tour is going to let them back in. And let's be clear. I mean, he was the 10th best golfer in the world in 16. That was the highest ranking he's ever received. And so if you're the 10th best in the world at anything, you know, you're going to have opportunities to make some money. Let's put it that way. Even if it's podcasting. That's true. Yeah, it's not like you're number 100 golfer. You're like, you know what? I'm going to go play for the Saudis now. Well, you could, even if you're in the top 100. I mean, you're talking about like there's... You could make a few hundred thousand. Yeah, well, that's the lowest. The lowest payout is 120,000 per event. Yeah, that's still that's still good money. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, speaking of good money, here's another... I mean, I did not see this movie coming out of the woodwork and making this much money. I didn't realize how popular Minions was. Oh, yeah. Way. I just read... What's well, because you don't have kids. Minions, well, this is true, but a lot of adults have told me about, and I, I like them. Like, I've never seen the movies, but I like them. Like, I like the Minions. I think they're funny. I think they're cute. I think they're mischievous. Minions Rise of Gru, shattering July 4th box office records, according to The Hollywood Reporter, $129 million. That is insane. That's a lot of money. That is insane. I don't even think I've... 
min- it's minions. And meanwhile, Lightyear comes out. How many previews of Lightyear did you see the Toy Story spinoff that I wouldn't say tanked at the box office, but like did not do like Pixar quality numbers. And meanwhile, Minions comes in and is just like, hey, look, we've got these cute characters that obviously have just been around now for, I think, at least a decade. Yeah, well, you know, it's the franchising, right? So I think Lightyear obviously didn't perform. I think Pixar... They've had a handful of misses, but generally everything's been a smash hit. But, you know, Cars 2, right. Lightyear, it's not unprecedented for them. And you can't win them all, I'd say. But Minions is such an incredibly successful franchise. Gen Z is in love with it. Yeah. $130 million for the weekend is a great job. It's funny you say Gen Z is in love with it because I saw a TikTok video with like a bunch of teenagers and maybe early 20-somethings who went to the movie and it looked like a party in the movie theater. And I thought it was a joke, but... I was at a bar recently and like there's a bunch of younger kids like they were like, "Oh, have you seen the Minions trailer?" And I'm like, "I don't know what's am I missing some type of joke here?" But they love this. They love this movie. They love the Minions. Good for them. I might check it out now. I do I do think Steve Carell is a great villain. So, yeah, he's a great villain. I mean, I'm looking at the rest of the cast. Alan Arkin, Michelle Yeoh, Russell Brand, Julie Andrews, Taraji P. Henson, Lucy Lawless, Riza, and Jean-Claude Van Damme. Like, who wouldn't want to see this movie? I know. It's got everything. <laughs> it's got everything. And, Paul, one more interesting stat I wanted to share. Stranger Things. Stranger Things, back at it with the rest of season four that just got released I believe it was like this past Friday, Netflix series surpasses 7 billion minutes of viewing time in the United States for the week of May 30th to June 5th. Thanks to Stranger Things, according to The Hollywood Reporter, it said 7.2 billion minutes of viewing time during that week, the highest weekly total for any streaming title. And basically... Netflix broke the internet. And they broke their previous record, which was 5.14 billion minutes, which was the first part of season four Stranger Things. And the only two shows to be a five billion minutes plus was Tiger King and Ozark. And that was during like the height of the pandemic. So, I mean, geez, man, Stranger Things is the biggest thing in the world right now. These kids are killing it. Yeah, a lesser known comeback also on a Netflix film. <laughs> Back in Action, starring, drumroll please, oh, Cameron Diaz. She's making her return to acting after an eight or nine year hiatus. Her last film was 2014, Annie. And she's coming back. She's going to be starring in Back in Action with Jamie Foxx. And super interesting because there was a story posted this week where Jamie Foxx, uh, I guess when you're a celebrity, you can do these sorts of things. He calls Cameron Diaz to coax her out of retirement. And in order to sort of give her some tips on how to unretire, he conferences in Tom Brady. If you're not a sports fan, he's the greatest quarterback in NFL history. He left New England, yep. won a Super Bowl, then retired, now unretired. But to your Jamie Foxx point, on Twitter he wrote, Cameron, I hope you aren't mad I recorded this, but no turning back now. Had to call in the GOAT to bring back another GOAT. Cameron Diaz and I are back in action with our movie starting production next year, and there's a conversation between him and Jamie Foxx on Twitter. Cameron Diaz, man, look, she's uh, one of the OGs. I'm a big fan of Cameron Diaz. Yeah, she's an OG, super talented, not just, you know, more than a pretty face. And honestly, you know, where everyone remembers she debuted in The Mask, but... Oh my God, amazing. Secretly, like, I think there's something about Mary is 
the funniest movie of all time. It's Fairly Brothers. If you haven't seen it, amazing movie. It is so so funny. Ben Stiller, Matt Dillon, Cameron Diaz. It's just like all great performances, great writing, great concept. I thought it was so funny, and she's amazing in it. And she's great. She's great in it. Paul, I've never told you I met Cameron Diaz at my local NYC restaurant bar story, have I? No, you haven't. Super lovely, really nice. She was sitting with a friend of mine. I go up. I'm a little caught off guard. It's Cameron Diaz. Of course. Like, I was in fourth grade when The Mask came out. I was in love with her. Then something about Mary comes out, fall in love with that entire movie and the entire cast. I meet her, and I'm trying to play it cool. So instead of being like, hi, Cameron, nice to meet you, I high-five her. And I try to avoid eye contact, acting like I'm too cool, but secretly I was dying inside. High five without eye contact? High five without eye contact. Grab her hand and kind of like, you know, as if we've just won like some championship. Um, and then, uh, oh, like we ended Brett up- Favre, and there's something about Mary? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, she ended up coming later with a group of friends and remembered me. And then I think after we had a couple of drinks, thought I was somebody else. And um, that's a whole different story. Well, how do but, you, um, uh, how do you high five someone without eye contact? That's like, I, it's hard to do. You know, Look, it's like sometimes you develop skills in your life. Okay. And one is high-fiving people without looking at them. Um, in this case, it was the wrong move because you want to look at Cameron Diaz in the eyes. If you can, um, I guess, The last yeah. thing you want to do is, if you can. I, was too, I couldn't look her in the eyes. I was just too, I was too nervous. I looked down on the ground and managed to hit her hand. Thank God I didn't, like, you know. Hit her face. Uh, miss. That would have been even more. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Jeez. It would be a very different uh, and, story. And here's the other thing. I need to find it. There's security footage of me doing this, and they sent my friend at the restaurant sent it to me with voiceover of himself commenting on how ridiculous my entire greeting has been. I need to find that it. That sounds like some Better Call Paul bonus content. <laughs> I think so. Behind a paywall. You got to wait maybe a year, maybe a little bit more for back in action Cameron Diaz's return to acting, which, you know, honestly, I don't blame her for taking some time off. I know the industry can be very demanding and all-consuming and there's very little privacy and so you know she wanted to brutal you know become a mom and and take some time for her family that's totally up to her but as fans uh we're excited to see her back yeah i'm I'm a fan there was the mass something about mary she was great in vanilla sky she was great in any given sunday being john malkovich i mean what a what a run gangs of new york gangs of new york she was great in gangs of new york shrek the sweetest thing i love the sweetest thing Shrek 2. I'm just like going through. And then, you know, then we had some, some movies weren't so great, but you know, now, now this is what the comeback's for. Everybody loves a comeback. Yeah. Speaking of movies that I guess weren't that great, Solo didn't do that well. And the story there is as a result of Solo's performance or lack thereof in the box office, Obi-Wan, which was supposed to be a trilogy, became just a Disney Plus miniseries, which you liked. I'll say this. I love The Mandalorian, didn't like Boba Fett, thought it was actually pretty terrible. Obi-Wan is freaking awesome. Obviously, like as a movie, I think you would have more resources for just production and set design and special effects, but it is fantastic. And I'll tell you why it's fantastic. Because Ewan McGregor is back and Hayden Christensen is back as Darth Vader. And I think what's amazing about this is that Fans kind of did him wrong during that episode one through three where people were just like, oh, his acting wasn't great. And people then later said it was a script. It was the writing. It was the directing. And what's amazing about- It was Jar Jar Binks. It was 100% Jar Jar Binks and the terrible, terrible CGI that was that movie uh, series. But he's come back. 
Fans are loving him. It's actually really nice to see him. He's got his acting chops in. People love it. He was on Jimmy Fallon, and man, it had over 4 million views. The fan support in the comments were like, you know, welcome back. We missed you. No one could do a better job than this. That's got to feel good for a guy who, like, his first starring role was in Star Wars and then kind of also ended his career, and now he's back reclaiming Darth Vader and doing this amazing job with the series. And so I've watched the series. It's a great Disney Plus series. I wonder if this now opens the chance for it to become a movie series. Probably not. I would think, if anything, they would do another season of the show. I think that ship kind of sailed. Yeah. Because if they had it planned as a trilogy, and then they did, you know, so they presumably they had three options on Ewan McGregor and on the writer. And so when they make the decision to change directions, and there's like, they probably already had the script because they were working on a trilogy. They had the script for one. Han Solo comes out, doesn't perform. And then they decide, okay, what do we do? We have this great script. Let's rework it. We have a ton of content we need to make for Disney+. Plus. Let's rework this script as a six-episode arc and see what we have. So I don't know that it's going to come back in theaters, but I think it'll probably, if anything, be renewed for subsequent seasons on Disney+. Plus. Look, and I'll take that all day. I mean, I, I do like the series thing. I think it's... Um... I was every 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 I think it was Wednesday. I was just looking forward to watching the next episode. It was really well done. And and I think right now, I mean, look, series are killing it right now. I mean, between Stranger Things, Obi-Wan, you get the boys, you got Westworld is back. Like, Westworld? Westworld, dude. I'm have you watched it yet? Yeah, uh, that's what Jess and I are watching now. And we love it. We just we love it. It's it's a great show. I love it. Um season four is already it's very thought provoking. It's super thought provoking. It's so intelligently written. Obviously, it can be a little confusing. Like half the time I'm I have to redo recaps. You have to it's, rewatch. You definitely. You definitely need to. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I actually because Jessica is smarter than me, I have to watch the episodes before so that when I watch it the second time with her for the first time, we both understand it. It is confusing. You have to remember a lot of stuff. And then it's an interesting show. I mean, and I love Evan Rachel Wood. I think she's fantastic. Ed Harris. I mean, the cast is amazing. The special effects are awesome. Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins, Aaron Paul. I mean, what a great series. And yeah, we just got a lot of content. Like, I'll take series over movies, man, right now. Uh, I'm enjoying it. So more series, please. For sure, for sure. Let's throw it to a quick break. Let's throw it to a quick break. Another deal that could be interesting, more of a nuanced topic is Nexstar, which for those who don't know, it's run by Perry Sook, uh, Texas-based owner of broadcast stations and throughout the U.S. They're in talks to take a majority stake of CW. They own a bunch of CW stations now. CW is like the fifth biggest broadcast network, which is currently significantly owned by Lions, CBS and Warner Brothers. And so if this deal goes through, Nexstar would have 75% ownership. CBS would have 12.5% and Warner Brothers Discovery would have 12.5% also. And this would help Nexstar keep programming costs down for many of its stations as it would own the network. Networks are producing a lot of content, so they would just be broadcasting it in their local stations. And the thing about this is networks have been pushing content on their streaming platforms and devoting less to broadcast. Right. So some of this network groups have been losing money and Nexstar is willing to absorb some of those losses in order to get more ownership. 
And this is something I do a lot of is television station M&A, diligencing them, putting these deals together. There's a lot of FCC requirements. The mergers process is very complicated, but ultimately value creating. And as we've said, the name of the game in media is you either grow or you get eaten. Is this also like CWIP play too? Like what can you do with all those? I mean, there's a huge catalog there, right? It is. It's not. It's, so it's IP in the sense that they will be getting broadcast rights to the CW content. But it's less of an IP play than you think because Nextart isn't really a production studio. So they're not making shows. Right. Okay. Got it. They make local news and they broadcast that within their markets. But it's so, I mean, it could be. It could be in the future. WGN is something that Nextart bought and they sort of rebranded it as a news network. And these major broadcast conglomerates, they need ways to increase their revenue. And so they need to think outside the box too. But traditionally, their main sources of revenue are retransmission consent fees, and advertising. And if they want to get into creating original content, they certainly can because they have the resources to get it out to a vast majority of the country. But that's not traditionally been their role. Although it's a potentially a recession, it's a challenging economic time, they need to think of new ways to add revenue. But certainly their business has been to grow and add more stations. So they have a ton of CW stations already. If they own more of CW, that would just be a greater efficiency because they already have the stations. They'll get more stations and the content will be cheaper for them. I see. Got it. Interesting, man. Well, look, I mean, we'll probably be seeing more M&A. I think in generally it seems to be, I don't know what that says about where we are in the market, but I think what it's, I mean, like I said earlier, consolidation happens in these types of times right where if you have cash and there's value there's definitely opportunity and consolidation happens when things were overvalued and now they're cheaper and they need new places to find home i think it'll be interesting just to follow all the MA activity but paul i think i think that's it for this week and given it's a holiday week we wanted to keep it a bit shorter but you and i could go on for days about some of this stuff so well yeah there's always a lot going on <laughs> but yeah enjoy the holidays spend as much time with your family as you can be safe be healthy yeah have a great july 4th enjoy everything from stranger things to wimbledon to minions you got plenty of shit to watch so Make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to listen. And we'll be back next week. This episode is edited and produced by Valentino Rivera, Marco Seiler Gonzalez, with assistant producer Justin Sanchez and assistant research producer Haas Nasser. Happy July 4th, everyone. Take care. Thank you for listening, everyone. 